0: You gotta move it, boy. You gotta move it, boy. They bring you joy and some sex toys. They're just your movie boys. Randy Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Randy Newman, thank you. Ever so much for joining us here. <laughs> I got another song about a rock and roll back. Oh, no, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I appreciate that you, legendary songwriter Randy Newman, wrote an entire song about the Electric Light Orchestra, but you're not singing it today. I just needed you to do the Toy Story one you did, friend in me, uh, because I thought about Toy Story a lot while watching Heavenly Sword, And just how much better Toy Story looks than (laughs) Heavenly Sword.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Heavenly Sword is a really ugly animated feature.
0: Yeah, now, I realise that what we normally do here is we talk a bit about our experience with the game sometimes, or with the franchise, a little bit of tidbits here and there, then we do the plot, and then we do what we think. I feel like I need to spend a better chunk of time just talking about about what the fuck. <laughs> well yeah, I, I think I think that that's probably reasonable
1: just I mean, even on the basis I'm kind of what the fuck but what the fuck I, th- yeah. I think for different reasons you are what the fuck because you played Heavenly Sword. I did. And you have some, you know, like familiarity with it and you're looking at the game that you played Versus the film that you just watched, and yes. you are failing to see how those two
0: things really line up. Am I
1: reading that correctly?
0: Sort of, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how you make a uh, a CGI movie seven years after the game came out. That was it. Really, looks that long? Worse. Yes. Um, for some history, because I feel like history needs to come up a lot here. I, I need to throw out some dates. Um, first of all, look up any screenshot from Heavenly Swords 2014, which is the year the movie came out. Any screenshot, then look up any screenshot from Toy Story, which came out in 1995. So, there's your first thing you got to think of, date-wise. Then, say, look up the E3 gameplay trailer for Heavenly Sword from 2005. And, and note, please note, that the, the CGI action and combat in that, and an earlier one as well, is better animated than the movie. And that was just trailers for a game in 2005 last decade Um, what else have we got oh yeah yeah one of the Amazon x-ray facts there were only three and Amazon gave so little of a fuck they just threw them all in at the beginning Um, and then no more facts I mean why bother this has a cast of eight people Mm -hmm. Um, so they didn't really do much but one of them was that uh, you regularly see the characters asymmetrical features flipped because they just reversed the cells. Oh, my God. Which is what He-Man and the Masters of the Universe was famous for doing in 1983, which, I'd just like to remind the audience, is a year before I was born. (laughs) A year before I was born, And Heavenly Sword in 2014 is flipping fucking cells. It's a CGI film.
1: A good technology is timeless.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. So a little bit of history for this game. uh, Because again, I think context is so important for this. Heavenly Sword was announced about 2005. It was before the PS3 launched. It was one of their... One of their hype titles. One of their. It was shown alongside the, the that Killzone Two bullshit. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a tentpole
1: game for the demo.
0: It was yeah, yeah. It was one of their early. This is. It, it was the Wii's Red Steel, and they 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 showed cutscenes of it that looked incredible. And the thing about Heavenly Sword is, I I played it a. a uh my friend John's house, um better known to the internet at the time as war drugs and we were doing a, a charity thing, I was over at his in Manchester, and I played through it most of it. Um as a game, not particularly great. It was it was Ninja Theory who went on to do Enslaved and DMC and more recently Hellblade. Um but you could see even though the gameplay itself was stodgy and, and certainly by now very dated And they pushed that six axis stuff a lot. So there was a lot of unnecessary waggle shit.
1: Well, you throwing hats and then guiding them with a lot of that kind of six axis. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, there was like some archery segments that were just painful. Um, But the cutscenes were amazing. And it kind of showed ninja theories uh, sort of where they were going. Uh, because we see now that they push like beautifully animated, fate, like very expressive characters um, that tell uh, some really dark stories,
1: and really and... generally good characters too. For oh, yeah. in a lot of ways, like the character writing, I, I find in Ninja Theory games really interesting. Uh, they still employ a lot of of the the tropes that you're familiar with, but they do it in a very considered fashion. I they find they do it
0: well. They do yeah. it well. Like, you can do something unoriginal. Just make sure you do it well. And I think in terms of a video game characterisation, um, Ninja Theory is up there. Like, they're in the cut above the rest category. Um, you can say what you will about the developers. I know, you know, especially the DMC thing. People got soured on Ninja Theory. But there are few games that can match the expressiveness of, of their characters. These are characters that can tell stories without speaking, which in animated terms, and certainly in video games, that's fucking hard to pull off. Video <laughs> games are not a subtle medium, uh, but, but, the, but they are one of the few developers out there that use facial expressions and use them damn well. And Heavenly Sword, the 2007 video game, nailed it. I mean, I still remember before the game came out. Uh, I think it may have been me who posted the story on Destructoid uh, revealing. You can look this up, and I I, I showed it to Conrad because I said it was essential for this movie discussion. Because you've got to know how good Heavenly Sword's cutscenes were to really appreciate how bad this movie released seven years later is. Um, so this scene, you can look it up. It's called something like Heavenly Sword Cutscene uh, Number 11 Villains. Look that up. It's it's quite a famous cutscene. Um, it's got Andy Circus as the main character, Bohan. It's got uh, the fish lady boss. It's got the jittery flying fox guy. It's got Bohan's son. I think it's called like Cockroach or Roach or something. Roach, yeah. Yeah, but that's sort, of, sort, of, sort of your big lug kind of character. It's a... Fucking good cutscene, like, like you could look at it and think now, now that might be an animated movie. It's written really well. The characters are uh, distinct. The way they bicker and argue, like you can tell this is a coalition of characters who are not aligned. They're just in an alliance and an uneasy one at that. They don't like each other. Like even the king doesn't quite trust or can control his own pawns in this in this fight. Um, and, and it's it's got Andy Serkis, of course, playing Bohan. Facial capture. Uh, I mean, this was years before Raleigh Noir. Uh, and, like, almost one-to-one fucking facial expressions. Like, Uncanny Valley scary. But because it's Andy Serkis and he does such a fucking good job, and, and the character itself is creepy as hell... It just works so fucking well. So I showed Conrad that cutscene, and he's like, "Like, where were the writers who worked on this?
1: Yeah, uh, where like were there, they in it, the movie?" It, it's completely different. It's
0: completely, completely
1: different. different. Uh, there is a uh, a humor, and you know, like a subtext of humor that runs through that cutscene that mm-hmm. is present nowhere Bohan in the game. Is, in Bohan
0: the is an incredible villain. Like, he is, I'm trying to think, there there are comparable villains in movies of just the, the absolute, uh, like, there's a TV trope called Laughably Evil, where it's like, there's a character who's clearly, like, awful, fucking awful, but something about the way they carry themselves like they're still kind of funny you don't want to laugh at them but you do because there's a kind of nasty wit to them and that's what circus brought to the table in not just voices but animation because of course he does all the mocap stuff it's,
1: um, it's kind of um it's a little bit of exhaustion mm-hmm. coupled with I I mean I want to say the the um, the Rick Moranis, I'm surrounded by assholes. Yeah, yeah. In spaceballs.
0: Well, the that's, the Bohan, sorry.
1: No, no, no. I was just saying that's the vibe, and then I that's kept the vibe. saying yeah. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, the the Bohan of Heavenly Sword 2007, which is how I'll refer to the video game, um, was you know King Lear, uh, old mm-hmm. decrepit, um, had this horrible wispy grey moustache like barely a moustache with the rotten teeth um it was circus's face but aged and ugly and rotted up um he was a decrepit paranoid ass And, and it was fantastic and all the other characters were great you know the fish woman who's uh you know Again, stereotypical, but she's got that kind of husky voice referring to people as darling, you know, that sort of thing. But interspersed with these fish-like glugs and hisses, um, Flying Fox had this weird sort of almost Jacob's Ladder twitchiness to him with an odd way of speaking, similar to G-Man from Half-Life, um, very stuttery, stunted talking that A little bit of a unnerving. hiss in
1: everything he says.
0: yeah. Um, and, and again, just to speak of the wonderful, subtle animations Every time he's speaking You can see Circus's character, Bohan the main Like the main bad guy Creeped uh, and, out And just staring at him and, and, and the character sort of shifts from one spot to another Sort of blinks and teleports And he's like His mouth, like Bohan's lips are stuttering As he's just like, how did you do that? And it's so good And none of this is in the film That's, like <laughs> When I first started watching the film, the animation was such that I was like, Did they just take cutscenes and make a movie out of cutscenes like people do on YouTube where they take the gameplay out and just put the cutscenes in? And I'm like, Well, okay, I could live with that because Circus was great and there were some fantastic scenes. So if I'm just gonna sit here and watch Heavenly Sword, oh wait, no, no, this is worse. No, no, this is worse. Um, Oh wait, no, that's not Andy Circus. No, that's That's no, no, that's Af- Alfred Molina. Not being like Bohan at all, and now he has a longer, must- well, no, totally different face, because they've clearly just given him a plastic CGI face that wasn't facial captured, because it's not Andy Circus anymore. Even though this film. Did still use a shitload of assets from a game that was seven years old at the time, including some of Circus's original motion capture. Um, and 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 there you go. Uh, that's that's basically it. There's another fantastic scene in the game. Um, one of my favourite scenes, it's a scene that I often think about when I think, because I try and pen a little fiction on myself on the side that will probably never see the light of day but when it comes to establishing a villain there's this great scene that is it's two inspirational speeches that keep cutting between each other One is the protagonist, the main hero, giving her rousing speech to her army before the final battle. And it keeps cutting back to Bohan's inspirational speech, which is just, like, threats and yelling and outrage. And it's this... Brilliant scene that contrasts how one character is an inspirational leader and the other is a raving lunatic who has no business ruling. And it's so well not in the film, not in the film, none of that, none of the stuff that establishes characters is in the film. Well, no, no,
1: exactly. That's the thing. Like the first scene you showed me with the villains, that's a scene that to some extent, with you know, editing and some changes and cutting it down because it runs a bit long.
0: It's long, yeah. It's for, Uh, like, four and a half minutes.
1: Yeah, but it belongs in the film. Yes. Like, you need to have, there's no establishment of your villains. They are mentioned by name on occasion, only Mm -hmm. by name, as being, like, there, and then they show up, but you get nothing else about them.
0: They're just servants of Bohan. That cro- I mean, the, mo- the, the movie is more like a video game than the video game is. Yes, because it's just traveling from boss fight to boss fight.
1: Particularly oh. at the at the in the closing like twenty five minutes. Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, "Holy shit!" They're at Flying Fox already. Like, like bear in mind, I I I last played this game like. When I lived in England. It was shortly before I left England. So that would put in 2008. So I played it you know, a a year after the game came out. So I played it October 2008. And I can still remember how much better a story it was. Um, To the point where I'm like, holy shit, they're at the flying fox scene already. And also, holy shit, it's nowhere near as good. Uh, The character himself is nothing like he was in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, again like like look up a clip from this movie of any of the villains and then look up the clips from the game uh, they're all different voice actors um if i recall correctly maybe the only character to well the only actor to reprise a role is the main one is uh, anatov as uh, nariko otherwise i think they're all recast um, Nolan North's in this in the movie because of course he is, uh, but I don't think it's the same flying fox because uh, I rewatched that. You know, after I sent it to you, I rewatched that that scene as well, and it's better. He sounds like an insect. Um, the the fish woman uh, whose whose name I forgot. Maybe it's it's Kai or, or uh, it, no. Whip-tongue.
1: Kai Kai's the the girl. It's yeah. um. Whiptail. General Whiptail. Whip
0: General Whiptail. Um, in in the movie, she's just got a sort of factory standard evil woman voice. Mm-hmm. It's not got that sort of you know, almost like like she could belong in some Art Deco thing, except she's a horrible fish woman. You know, this whole, oh darling, and then kind of stuff. None of that's there. So not even the verbal tics and the subtle characterization is there. Um, Bohans contempt for his sort of like giant monstrous son isn't there. No. Um. It, it none of it. None of it's. None of heavenly Sword is there. <laughs> Nothing. Like I. I wasn't particularly looking forward to this movie because I thought well, I'm just going to see some retelling of cutscenes. It seems like a bit of a cynical, cheaply thrown together thing. Like, why is this happening seven years after the game? Sony just needs to do something with this property. But I thought, at least I'll see, you know, Andy Serkis, Bohan, in it up, and all this kind of stuff. Instead, I got what I think is a fucking amazing film, for all the wrong reasons, to the point where... Once we settled into doing it, I was like, okay, no, now I'm actually looking forward to doing this podcast because holy fuck! Toy yeah. Story looks better than this. If that's not hyperbole. Toy Story is better animated than this. The fight sequences in the CG trailers for Heavenly Sword, released in 2005, 2006, are better than this. They are more, there's more action to them, they're faster paced. Here, everything is stodgy. Uh, there's a scene where Bohan is delivering some sort of speech, and the way he walks, it's like he's holding in the biggest turtle head you've ever seen. Um, like all of that animation's stunted and stuttery. Um, sometimes you see just just rookie things, like a, like 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 you'd see in a pre-rendered cutscene, not like a CG. Or FMV thing but like using in-game engine cutscenes where like a character bends their arm and the elbow sort of clips in on itself and it sort of looks awkward that's in this film abundantly and I do just want to read something out um, from the production notes on Wikipedia Um, development of the movie started as an experimental project between Blockade Entertainment and Sony Due to the increase in CGI technology, Blockade was able to begin creating a movie that could look like bigger budget Hollywood movies. <laughs> I think the key word there is the word begin. Yeah. I think they started and and, and that was it. They they began in the same way that bottom-of-the-barrel early access games on Steam begin. Where it's like, well, I've bought the assets and put them together. When you press a button, something moves. Yeah, that's good enough. Good enough. That, that seems to be what this is. I mean, the very fact that it says, you know, Blockade used extensive assets from the original game. Like, like this might be a movie asset flip.
1: Well, I'm I'm
0: pretty sure Except the assets it, look better in the game.
1: I mean, I'm I'm almost certain it has to be. And and the reason I say that is if you if you look at what the reported budget for the film is, um, according to Wikipedia,
0: it's like one point eight <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> Even I mean... that feels too expensive. Considering Considering I could watch an episode of Lego Ninjaga, or whatever it's called, or Bionicle, and get a better experience. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not going to say that Reboot looks better than this. Reboot doesn't look better than this. Barely. Reboot's more entertaining. Yes. Um, Reboot. Reboot is more true to the source material of... Of what a video game piece of... I was going to say more Truth of the Source material than Heavenly Sword, but... (laughs) But then I remembered that Heavenly Sword is basically just a retelling of the game, but worse. Um, Like, that's it as well. It's not like there's any... There's, like, one original character, Loki. And I'll tell you how much of an impact that had on it. (laughs) I can't fucking remember who Loki is in this. Um... So that's it. I mean, there's so much more I could say about how how, how bad this is. Um, I think we it sh- should say those things. We should say those things. Uh, if, if we get around to doing, um, you know, riffing on, on on movies, like actual movie commentaries, which, you know, we get requests to do that, and it's something I'd like to do, but it's it's a timing thing you know maybe maybe if if there's a project that brings us in proximity we might be able to knock that out you know you never know um but i'm doing this one (laughs) because like i kept thinking of dynasty warriors when i was watching it i can see that yeah Yeah. because not only well it's got that same thing um Dynasty Warriors has has CG cutscenes
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, The Playstation 2 Dynasty Warriors had CG cutscenes They were, considering what Dynasty Warriors is, they were okay They weren't great, they weren't the best Out there, but they were pretty Good, I used to think like God, for a game that gets the rap that this game That this series has These cutscenes are pretty Decent, they're, they're decently animated There's a little bit of things Clipping through armour still, even though It's pre-done but it's it's alright. This looks exactly like those. That I am not using as hyperbole. I would say the the faces are there's a little more detail. But yeah. in terms of animation, these are comparable to the CG and I gotta point that out, not the the in game stuff, but the CG cutscenes from like Dynasty Warriors four and five. On the PlayStation 2. And that's before the PS3. That's before Ninja Theory. Uh, but then again, like I said, this 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 flips cells like Masters of the Universe did. This looks worse than Toy Story from the mid-90s. This is... I, I'm amazed. I am amazed. And the fact that they used extensive assets from the game and the game still looks least, way, least better. The, I mean, yeah. way better. I mean, way better. It's a game a comparison. No, no, not at all. And I think a big part of that is, is animation more than anything else. They might have used the assets, but they weren't better animators than Ninja Theory. The fights look amateur hour. They look pathetic. They look like kids show, like a CG kids show thing. And even then, I would say by the standards of 2014, now like that's the bit I keep needing to remember, is... This was not a promotional movie in 2007 like that came out before or after the film. This came out seven years later. This was a couple of years ago. Why, I don't know. I, I every don't know. time I remember it was 2014. Like I still remember 2014. And I don't remember a lot of things. I don't remember what happened yesterday, but I remember there was a 2014. I remember it wasn't very long ago and this looks it's not as bad as Food Fight starring Charlie Shane which if you've got amazon go watch it <laughs> go, go watch Food Fight a CG movie starring Charlie Shane and Mr Muscle and that woman who's that, like that that honey pot that's in the shape of a it's, there's a lot of product placement in this child's film um <laughs> But that's entertainingly bad, and worse animated than this. But this is... It's not even that it's the worst animated CG film I've ever seen. It's the fact that it's a Sony-involved project. It's based on a game that's seven years older than it, and it looks worse than the game. It's just the perfect storm of everything being bad. And the fact that it's not hilariously awfully bad... That yes makes it worse.
1: It, it really uh, I mean it plays it straight pretty much they, the yeah. whole way. Uh, well, I
0: mean they they play it straight because they're just copy they're, they're copying the 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 game.
1: But it's not it's st- it's not bad in a way that is nec- that necessarily lends itself to being mocked. It's very mockable. No.
0: Well, no, they streamline it is the problem. They take out So much detail, they take out so much writing, there's not a lot to mark, because it's it's just so straightforward narrative, everyone's there to just reinforce the narrative.
1: And it's it's kind of, you know, because it's funny, because this is often something that we complain about, that, you know, there's just too much stuff in there. Mm-hmm. uh to you know they they throw in the kitchen sink a whole bunch of crap and it's hard to keep track of particularly with these fantasy stories
0: you just throw in everything you can every trope every and just hope enough of it resonates with the audience right and
1: that's a bad thing to do and it's something yeah. that we we frequently rail But this this is the opposite problem this is the other yes. side of that coin because here they have excised anything that prevents charm or contextualizes the world or or, or gives it a, a sense of depth and reality it's all gone and it's just plot beats
0: yeah it's that like they took if heavenly sword was a turkey and i'm not saying you know it's a top shelf thanksgiving turkey it's a decent turkey it's like blockaded entertainment and there's a f- <laughs> fucking fitting name took a big old syringe and just sucked all the juice out of it. Like, all the juice, all the flavour, and gave you shriveled, dry, drier than normal. To, I should have went with a chicken. That's a moister bird. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. They took they took a chicken and they sucked all the good out and just gave you a chicken. You didn't chew through it. It's sustenance. It's nourishment. It It's food. But it's not a fucking chicken you want. It's, I'm, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. I'm amazed. Another reason why, like, it reminded me of Dynasty Warriors is, is you can tell how background characters are given, like, so much less detail than the main characters. Which is understandable, some soldier in the background, you don't want them, you don't want to expend too much effort making them look fantastic. No. But this is like, I've been recently playing Final Fantasy IX, um, the, the, the redo they did where they remastered the, the visuals and that. Um, and the same thing applies there, but it's so much more stark. Um, because, you know, it's a PS1 game and they've updated the visuals so you can see how crappy certain things looked. So you can see a major difference between, like, how well they they detailed Zidane and Steiner and Garnet and Vivi and all these characters, and then you stand them next to an NPC who's just there to say a line like, busy, 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 and they're worse. Their faces are splodgy, their clothing has no real texture to it, their background... Set piece they're, they're, they're not designed to be looked at Right I shouldn't be thinking about how Obvious it is in Final Fantasy 9 That was released in 2000 <laughs> When I'm watching a movie released in 2014 Current year argument Even though it's not the current year as a couple of years ago I shouldn't be thinking about Oh hey This reminds me what they do in Old old video games Where they had a lot of NPCs and in you know or, or again Dynasty Warriors because that's what it was a lot of the yeah. soldiers who looked fairly Dynasty Warriors ish looked like the peons that like the the fodder that you get in Dynasty Warriors where you've got these extravagantly detailed main characters and then just identical flat faced textulous character models. Like, I'm not expecting you to fully detail a background character. What I'm not expecting is a video game NPC in the background of a motion picture that claims that it's matching Hollywood.
1: Yep, that's just it. Like, I mean, say what you will about Warcraft, and we said plenty.
0: We said two hours and more.
1: But the, the background characters in that feel distinct. They feel like, you know, t- enough time and attention was paid to them that yeah. you, th- it's not obvious that no attention was paid to them. Yeah. And that's, that's really the difference there. Uh, it's that it's clear that uh, detail is what's lacking in here. Um, attention to it in the animation, attention to it in the you know background character designs, and, and maybe some of that is just down to budget. Like, they wanted to do a slapdash thing and get it out and prove that, hey, we can very quickly turn around this material and produce feature films based on it. I think that was kind of the experiment. And yeah. on some level, mission accomplished, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to be the you know, the digital homicider movies, then thumbs up. But, uh, yeah, I, I think in, you're not going to get a good movie with this experiment. No. You'll get a movie, if you want an Ashcan project, if, and again, like, I, I'm wondering if, if this was Sony needed to re-up the trademark, or maybe they thought, hey, there's something in this Heavenly Sword. What if we do a sequel but we generate interest with a movie retelling of the first so they don't have to play the, the first game and get up to speed on the story. Uh, I mean, first of all, you will not want to play Heavenly Sword if you watch this.
1: I didn't, you know... I, I mean, I, I have a copy of it, and it's always been one of those things I was like, I should get around to this eventually, and the movie really did not
0: do anything to inspire no, me to play it. It will turn you off, because it's, it's so much... It's so much not... I mean, it's wearing the clothes of Heavenly Sword. But it's like, it's got nothing. It's got nothing of what Heavenly Sword was. And I'm talking as if Heavenly Sword was some masterpiece. It's not. It's an okay game. Yeah. But it was better than this. And it looked fucking good. And it had some fantastically written scenes, some great characters, and amazing cutscene animation. And those are the things Heavenly Sword is famous for. Heavenly Sword is not famous for its gameplay. It was, you know, some simple hack and slash, a bunch of QTEs, and awful Six-Axis moments. No yep. one gives a fuck about Heavenly Sword's gameplay. People remember Andy Circus if if indeed they remember the game, they remember Andy Circus. they remember that villain cutscene, they remember how exceptionally well some of those cutscenes were written to the point where many games today struggle to match it the, the cutscenes were exceptional some of the writing in Heavenly Sword was a cut above and this movie is just I, I, I don't think you could have gotten further from the point if you tried well, let's, let's, let's go over it. Let's, let's go. Let's dig in. Let's talk about the plot of Heavenly Saw 2014, which is basically the plot of, 27, uh, of the 2007 film, except, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged version without the jokes.
1: We open with a bird's-eye view of a battle in so far as you can call one woman surrounded by an uncountable number of uh, quote-unquote menacing warriors, a battle. Yeah. Uh, I
0: remember when they introduced Heavenly Sword to E3 in the mid-2000s uh, in a similar fashion, and it looked really exciting.
1: <laughs> this does not. This is just... Yeah. It's, it's
0: just... And it's, it is the Hong Kong action
1: theatre style of combat. Where she's completely surrounded by all of these guys, but still taking them on one at a time?
0: Conservation of ninjitsu um, is, uh, again, to name a TV trope. And also, again, very dynasty warriors.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So as this is going on, a narrator tells of a prophecy in which a savior born of the deities will come and wield the heavenly sword... Uh there's some light fighting and then the woman drives this sword into the ground and it produces a wave that knocks down all the bad people. So legend goes there's this bad dude called the Raven Lord who was going around killing and or subjugating pretty much everyone is, he met.
0: Is this one of those backstory bits where they decided Fuck doing CG animation. We're going to do some really cheap cartoons.
1: Light animatics, basically, yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And again, this is funny because um, Sony in particular have done this with some of their cheaper games. Mm-hmm. Some of their, uh, you know, the ones that they're not expecting. To oh, be but, but, you even,
1: but you see it in things like God of War, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, it can work in video games. Sometimes it looks a bit cheap. Here it looks fucking stunningly cheap at
1: yeah. least
0: at least when harry potter did it in deathly hallows um sorry hallows it was stylized like a puppet show like it looked really good um this again like it just looks like place it looks placeholder i, can... I know it's not but it looks fucking place it it it's so stodgy and badly animated and 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 they're just shitty cartoons for things that they didn't have game assets they could rework.
1: Right, that is, I think, really the the the, the central aspect yeah. of this is why these exist.
0: I think it's telling that it's backstory that is told with really crappy. I mean, I I'd hazard a guess and say I've seen better animated sequences in Dragon Ball Z. Um, these sequences that it cuts to a couple of times, it's not rife with it. But here and there you get these things. It's always backstory. It's always characters that aren't around now. So Blockade probably didn't have game character models to work off.
1: Yeah. And I think that uh, okay, I don't I don't have, I think, as strongly negative an opinion of these sequences as you do.
0: Yeah. I, it... I, I just want to point out, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel so strongly about them if not for the insult to injury factor they provide yeah i mean it's I only suppose... because the the animation up till that point is so fucking shite like stunningly holy shit are these just cutscenes? no wait they're worse the fact that it was then followed by this i'm like they're taking the piss
1: yeah i mean and that's and that i think is like it, it really can't be overstated how much the the feeling that you're watching a very old video game cutscene uh, is made apparent right here mm-hmm. from the outset? Like it just feels that way, yeah. um, cheap and and kind of not not energetic in the way you would expect from a feature film. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, energy it... as well. That's another thing we should point out. Um, like I talk about this with video games themselves. I consider energy a big important part of, en- of, of any entertainment medium and yet there's none of it and i think again it's because they're not very good at animating fights or walking or doing things it doesn't feel like there's a lot of weight to the action mm-hmm. in, in motion it, it's... it's
1: just sort of glides along and yeah
0: yeah yeah it's like a puppet show like like thunderbirds almost but without this without the fun puppets without the charm or the or the excuse that they're a puppet. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, but the animatic sequences that they have, I, I actually, I mean, I see these in games all the time, and they're fine. If that's your primary means of telling all your exposition, mm-hmm. and this is not. Like, you get other, you get exposition in other forms in this film uh, through the, anima- the regularly animated stuff. It's just this sort of deep lore. That they don't have anything and produce these these cra- yeah. kind of crappy things for, they wouldn't be out of place in a lot of other products, but they feel bad here.
0: That's it. It's it's the context of it. It's it's the fact that this is already looking, if not lazy, cheap as fuck. Well, we already know it's cheap as fuck. Um, so so it's just an insult to injury factor. Um, I'm yeah. not against you know, tastefully, artfully, nicely done uh, cartoon animations in the middle of a film, a live action film even, if it's Mm -hmm. done with the right gravitas and style. But here with its, you know, two-tone, very, like, like, undetailed, not much animation going on to it in a movie that's already lacking in energy and heart and budget and talent. It oh no, no thank you. No thanks. Not for me. If if I'm gonna be perfectly honest, this film, not for me. So this this
1: Raven Ludes a real Raven Lord's a real bad dude. And, and I wish it some... was
0: Raven Ludes <laughs> just, just 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 some some birds like hot beak action.
1: <laughs> so then but then some guy descends from the heavens with a big sword and takes him out.
0: That'd and... be the heavenly sword, I reckon.
1: Well, he disappears, leaving the sword behind. And, and so the sword's still there. People start killing each other to control the sword because the sword has powers.
0: Magic, isn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. Until a clan of nomads takes up the cause of protecting the sword from the world and the world from the sword, basically. So back in our CGI world, <laughs> we're, we're introduced to Kyo.
0: Back warrior... in Reboot
1: a warrior from this same clan who is taunting a young girl
0: named Kai,
1: who, you know, of course has cat ears.
0: Yes. Obviously. Well, Uh, his fun. why Hmm? the fuck wouldn't she have cat ears? You give me one good reason.
1: (laughs) His fun is interrupted by Noriko, who is the the woman from the earlier seed fighting all of the people. Yes, Uh, she
0: is the flame-haired warrior woman who... Again, drew a lot of attention uh, at E3. Um, she 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 was very stand out back in the day. These days, n- not n- she doesn't look all that special. But back in the day, I remember her being something of a remarkable sort of character. Um, not for anything that she did. It was just oh, she looks a bit different. She looks like almost like a, a, a woman Kratos. She was sort of compared to back in the day. Um, yeah. She didn't kind of have. The staying power, unfortunately. No, Ninja not... Theory. I mean, yeah. good for them now. Hooray Hellblade, and you know, I just did a gym position on that, but... Oh, I'm glad they're not dealing with publishers anymore.
1: Me too. Um, I mean, I look at Enslaved. God, I love Enslaved. Oh, fuck That's such yeah. a great game.
0: So I'll take it to the grave. I still, still adore that game.
1: Uh, so anyway... The, uh... Yeah. Nariko comes and stops Keo from beating up on Kai. Um uh, only to uh then remind Nariko for the audience's benefit that uh her status in the clan is something of a failure. But it's not really clear how she's a failure because she like kind of kicks Keo's ass pretty quickly and takes his weapon from him and holds him to yeah, she's, you know, apologize. She's
0: really good.
1: Yeah. She's a really good fighter for someone that everyone thinks sucks. Yeah. I, I'll get that. Uh, but before Kyo can be cowed into apologizing for his cruelty to Kai, uh, Prophet Takashi appears. Uh, this is our narrator voice, just so yeah. we establish that. And he demands to know what the fuck's going on. And the two sides blame each other for a bit before uh, Nariko's dad, Master Shen arrives to read her the uh, the Riot Act for you know it's like oh you can't hang out with the warriors you're a girl, basically
0: sexist. It is it, well that that when, is when will it stop?
1: <clears throat> that is kind of the tragedy of how bad this movie is to some extent. Because it really is a story of hey let's not disregard our daughters please. Right? Yeah. Good message.
0: Shitty yeah I mean film. it's got that that message there. It's uh, it's just told with all of the grace of a kumquat that I have sat on. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: later, Shen and Takashi talk about Nariko as if she weren't standing right next to them. Like she's literally standing next to them while they're talking about her. I think they and how she that has well. an untrained talent for combat. Uh, but she's not the chosen one that this clan seems desperate to have, for reasons.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, suddenly, their fortress is under attack, with enemies climbing over the walls and dropping in from gliders and just slaughtering people. And uh, all of the characters that we've been introduced to uh, to date are seen kicking some quantity of ass. Just just so we've established that, everybody that we've heard speak dialogue is a competent fighter.
0: Warrior clan, innit? Pachow, yep. pachow. Uh, and it ends with, uh,
1: Nariko saving Kyo's life, um, despite their, you know, obvious bad blood between them. You know, she puts the clan first and saves his life. Uh... Shen then calls for his daughter, and they go atop the walls to see a much larger larger invading force closing in, which we're told is led by a King Bohan. Now, this is the point at which we should have a whole bunch of, you know, like, really cool... Like, he's riding in animation, and they're talking about all of the bad things that he is, um, but... Instead you want to
0: introduce anim- a villain, you know, you want to introduce them with gravitas, be it... You know, the the stormtroopers come in, they blast the rebels, and then Darth Vader sweeps in through the smoke, you know? Right, right. Something like that.
1: Or, alternately, you can do another cheaply produced animatic.
0: I'm going with that one.
1: We are going with that one. Yeah, Uh, that,
0: that one sounds good. So
1: this Bohan guy was basically born to be a king, which I'm pretty sure that's how most kings are.
0: It yeah, I I I've, I've, I've read enough Song of Ice and Fire to 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 believe that's the general idea of how kings work.
1: If you're going to be a king, it's something you're typically born into. It's a family business, right? King. Yeah. Yeah. Um but <laughs> then he lost a fight to some other guy and so the other guy became the king. And right. I like I I guess they're brothers or related or something, but that's never established or talked about in this in this thing. Uh, visually, we're shown him basically poisoning this king and then becoming king, but it's really just like, okay. <laughs> like, there's not more to this story? Well, you couldn't come up with... Okay, fine, whatever. Oh, and he wants come to come up sword.
0: They've got a lot to get done in like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> no they don't they after, do nothing they spend Pol- a lot of time dedicated to showing a lizard crawling around in the desert trying to eat something yes a what lizard that-, that by the way looks about on par with reptile from the mortal combat film uh geico That's spent cruel. more
1: money on their on their gecko
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The rep the reptile comparison was cruel, but but it does look like like an art student made the guy coat. No, actually, even that's cruel. Art students can do better than in like this Heavenly Sword fucking film. <laughs> so First yeah. year First year students just learning animation would do this better.
1: After politely asking that he be just given the sword. Uh, which, uh... In
0: 2014, Conrad, there was source filmmaker porn gifts that looked better than this. I should know I wanked to most of them better than this.
1: Bohan has his catapults bombard the fortress. Uh, Nariko is taken to the hiding place of the heavenly sword, which is given to her, along with orders to carry it west while the rest of the clan flees east, distracting Bohan's forces.
0: I mean, I'll say this, right? They haven't quite gotten the anus opening up to let a penis in in Source Filmmaker. But I guarantee you this fucking much. If they had full penetrative anal sex in this Ebony Sword film, it'd look a darn sight worse. Kai
1: tries to uh, go with Nariko. Kai being, of course, now our little cat girl. Yeah. Uh, uh, But she's carried away by Shen. Nariko flees the, the fortress as it begins collapsing all around her. Uh, it
0: would look like someone was shoving a Vienna sausage into a split tennis ball. That's how it would look if they tried to do full penetrative anal sex in the Heavenly Sword movie 2014.
1: Which is, I don't know what's less appetizing. That visual as, as a, a, uh, a description of,
0: of anal sex or lunch. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Both are bad, but if the if the listeners would like to imagine me uh, masturbating my, pain, my penis to the point of issue uh, over various source filmmaker GIFs uh, to wash away those bad feelings and replace them with nice ones, uh, you're free to do that now on with the rest of the film. Uh so uh, she uh, Nariko
1: spotted running from the uh the fortress and chased across a wooden slat bridge, that then you know does the thing that every wooden slat bridge in a movie does. It's like, it's like Chekhov's gun. If you have a wooden slat bridge at some point, that bridge has to snap, and mm-hmm. fall against the two sides of the canyon wall.
0: Well, obviously that that's what they're built for. <laughs> so,
1: uh, but she makes it to the other side only to run into Bohan there. Ah. Oh. That Bohan. He's everywhere. Bohan.
0: Now, Bohan, the one thing that I was looking forward to with this film, um, the highlight of the Heavenly Sword game, the one thing, the one thing that the Heavenly Sword movie should have gotten right. And again, I like Alfred Molina. He's not bad. He's a great actor. I think he does a fine job in this he does okay in this, but he's not Bohan. He's not Andy Circus, And you can tell because nothing of Bohan is in him. He is... He's working well with what he's got, but what he's got is the most... I mean, I don't want to keep using words like generic because using words like generic is generic, but, I mean, it it fits. He is generic evil dude in this whereas Andy Serkis was certainly you know archetypal and tropy as hell but there was personality he looked different like, he looks different in this film and and again he looks worse what like, I, th- like,
1: I think that that's the like a big 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 part of this I mean don't get me wrong the writing is not particularly strong he has these very lengthy bits of of conversation and that's mostly what he does is lengthy, yeah. Not monolog stuff, but
0: she... But he just gets villain diatribes. Yeah,
1: and he gets them in in chunks in various segments of the film. And it's not the voice performance that's lacking. The writing of it is not great, but the real problem is that he just... He, he's got plastic face.
0: Yeah, he's got plastic face. He walks like he needs the world's worst shit. He... In, in, and, and I'm putting this down to, like, again, it's either the budget or they just don't know how to fucking design. But the wispy moustache that, that is on the original Bohan, the wrinkle, like, the kind of haggard, ugly-toothed sort of... Like, he looks like a rotten medieval king. He does. In, in Heavenly Sword 2007. Here, the moustache is thick. Um, but not like like thick, luxurious moustache. I mean, it just looks like 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 modelling clay. Like it's thick in terms of, it's a juicy CGI moustache just plopped on his face. Um, they like say plastic. It's got his plastic face, McGee. Um, well, and the very and little the, expression.
1: The well, the expressiveness is is really absent. Um, which as as you note noted earlier expressiveness is what visually distinguishes um ninja theory titles from yeah all i others. mean
0: ninja ninja theory i mean i would go as far as to say that heavenly sword in in many regards kicks the facial captures ass in la noir mm-hmm. and la noir is is impressive as hell i i love la noir i mean, la noir is a better game than than heavenly sword 2007 but That facial motion capture. And a lot of it, you know, comes down to circus who stole the fucking show. But it's incredible. And here, of course, none of it. None of it. Yeah, the animations are are
1: really reduced down. Uh and the 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 dialogue does not match the lips.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, that's just one on one. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's it's pitiful. And again, it, 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 you've got to keep comparing it to the first one because there are many video games that Blockade could have run this experiment with. They chose one famous for its excellent facial animation. They chose one famous for the fact that the cutscenes were the best part of it. They chose They chose the one famous for having a narrative better than the gameplay. It's like you could have picked Fucking, you could have done many fucking evil. It's a cartoon. There's no, the main character's face doesn't even move in that. That's your job done. You go for Heavenly Sword, where I I don't think outside of Uncharted, in terms of just Sony product, there would have been like higher pressure to have nailed it.
1: But if anyone... I think the only
0: reason there wasn't much pressure is because it was a seven-year-old game that everyone had forgotten. But I reme- the North remembers.
1: I, I would like to uh, just suggest if anybody involved in Sony film production happens to be listening to this right now, I would probably watch and enjoy a medieval film.
0: I would just enjoy medieval. Um, <laughs> I would certainly love a medieval film, but do something with it. Yeah. Not well. Not something shit, please. Um. Come on. What? Why? I'm. I'm. I'm adding that to me. I'm doing this in real time. Sorry to hold up the podcast, everybody, and especially you, Conrad. Um. But just to show you how serious I am about this, I mean, I've got stuff to do. I've got a whole bunch of Amiel stuff to film this afternoon. I'm running late as it is, but I need to make a note that there just needs to be a gymquisition asking where the fuck medieval is. Where the fuck is medieval? I could I could get at least 10 minutes out of oh, that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. I'm angry. <laughs>
1: so Bohan offers to let uh, Nariko live in exchange for the sword, suggesting that she doesn't want to go out like her father and sister uh, and, and even shows her father's like cloak to her to indicate that he is dead. Mm-hmm. And when Noriko objects to having a sister, Bohan drops some knowledge on her. He is the most well-informed king ever. He knows so much about the intimate details of the people living in his kingdom. It is astounding. He, he's what you want in a king. You know, someone who cares, someone you can have a beer with.
0: (laughs) Down through earth, really knows the plight of the common man. Some have accused him of running on a populist platform, but what I like about Bohan is he speaks his mind. And he's going to build that wall.
1: (laughs) It turns out that after Noriko was born, her dad was so disappointed about her gender that he went out on a, con- on a countrywide fuck tour, pumping his tapioca pudding into as many women as possible in an attempt to produce a male.
0: I like how you corrected yourself to say countrywide when what you would have said if you'd have just said tour after that, pretty much the same thing he went on. <laughs> and, and
1: Kai is the result of, of, or is one result of this adventure. Yes. And as it turns out, a son was also born, but his mother faked her death, and Shen never knew that the child existed, so he's living in some crappy northern fishing town as a blacksmith.
0: Okay. Now... So far, very Song of Ice and Fire. Well, he showed his hand
1: too much here.
0: Yeah. I mean... Clearly,
1: he could have just revealed the details that he knew about the people she knew instead of inspiring her to go on some mad quest.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think that the king was like, that, that King Bohan is all, do I really have to go out there and say all that shit? Because that really, I mean, that, that that's advantage her. Huh? And, like, one of his generals is like, dude, the audience needs exposition, like, <laughs> quick, quick. And and the cartoons aren't cutting it.
1: <laughs> so Noriko decides that if Bohan has already taken away all of her reasons to live, she has no good reason to give him the sword. So she flees by jumping off a cliff.
0: Yeah. I mean, if someone had ruined my life, I would feel like, the, like I'd been perfectly played to do exactly what they want. I'd feel inspired to do that. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. Now,
1: to someone on the production team, this seemed like a good time for Prophet Takashi to drop in again and explain that although Shen was disappointed that he did not produce a male child to be the chosen one, Takashi had secretly taken up training Nariko, which is why she does the fighting so good.
0: Some of these stories work so much better when there's, like, gameplay to break them up so you don't have to sit there looking at it thinking... Not a lot of this m- makes sense.
1: Yeah, and that is that is uh. Well, it's <sighs> okay. So I always, I always give video games a hard time for having shitty stories. But I, it's the it's one of the mediums in which shitty stories really work. Yeah, because you can get away with it. You have uh, there's enough time broken up uh, that you can be allowed to forget how stupid it all is
0: Yeah, plus it's one of the rare entertainment mediums where consistently you don't need a good narrative if you've got the gameplay to back it up where you can't just use the narrative I mean there are some genres of films like action films where this is also true Mm -hmm. Uh, but in general you know video games don't need stories some video games can have fantastic stories but sometimes it really is this bad guy does this thing, so just just punch some stuff.
1: Yeah, it's not a necessary component uh, to to the medium, and and if your gameplay is compelling, more often than not, your player is looking forward to getting back to that than they yeah. are in worrying about the details of this story.
0: It's made you know we, it it makes one very forgiving, um, sometimes too forgiving, uh, especially if you're so starved for for good narrative. Uh, that something like Heavy Rain comes out and everyone calls it the best narrative video games have ever had, <sighs> which we all know was complete horse shit, but some people really wanted to tell their mother they had a legitimate job talking about video games. Well, and and in it...
1: I guess the painful thing is, on some level, that's still probably true. It's still probably a true sentence that, that Heavy Rain is one of the better... Narrative deliveries in video games—it's not great. It's not. I, I get
0: the point. I get the point you're making that you—it's a—it's a point about how fucked the industry is. Yeah. Um. But Streets of Rage had a better story. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
0: It, it's even—even even by the low bar of video games, Heavy Rain did not have a good story.
1: Well It just—it. Boy. I would love to see Agatha Christie, the, an Agatha Christie video game mystery, you know, on that level, because that's what mm-hmm. they were trying to execute, and and yeah, it just it didn't. Uh, oh, uh, I
0: got, I got thanks. I I I won't stop the podcast to do a, to write down do Jimquisition on why heavy rains bad. People won't want to hear that.
1: No, they won't. They won't.
0: Not again. Not no. from me. <laughs>
1: Alright, so, Nariko awakens at a campfire, unaware of how she got there. Uh, but Kai shows up to explain that, oh, well, she dragged her and the sword out of the water. And that she's long known that the two of them were half-sisters. And with the revelation from Bohan that they may have a brother who actually is the Chosen One kicking around, Narco and Kai resolve to find him and deliver the Heavenly Sword. Now, one of Bohan's scouts overhears this conversation, but Kai shoots him in the back with her crossbow and says that she likes to make blood. I I think Kai might be my favorite part of this movie, mm-hmm. just because she is this mischievous, you know, playful girl trope that, yeah. like, every time she talks about killing someone, I... Get a little disconcerted.
0: <laughs> I think she's the only character in Heavenly Sword 2014 that is a character. Yeah, I mean, like, like we were talking briefly before we started uh, the recording and everything. And obviously, my favorite character is going to be General Flying Fox of course. in the game. You know, the quirky, weird, camp, over-the-top, silly, bizarre character. Um, but I cannot say the same for this movie, where he is completely different. Completely different. Yeah. I mean, all the villains are. Like, the closest is Roach, just because, I mean, he was the, the simplest character in in both of them. I mean, like, I, I mean, legitimately, I
1: don't really know anything about the villains in this.
0: No, no. They're just... No, no. You're true. Yeah, like like... Watching this movie, you wouldn't know that they're mercenaries who are not strictly loyal to Bohan, who have their own, like, internal power struggles. Like, there's a lot of corruption going on in this shit. Like, really highlighting the fact that Bohan's kingdom is built on sand uh, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, But here, no, no. like, Like, as we said earlier, at this point of the movie onwards, I think, it's just... One motion from boss fight to boss fight.
1: Yeah, pretty much. We'll get a little more like character development, such as it is. But yeah, you're you're right.
0: It is. Yeah, there's like quiet moments in between, but it's it's mostly a it's boss rush mode. It's hev- that's what this movie is. It's Heavenly Sword boss rush mode. <laughs> On the trail. Kai
1: tells Nariko about her tragic past. I think I'm pronouncing Nariko differently every time I say it, and I don't care.
0: Just yeah, it doesn't matter. In
1: case anyone's wondering.
0: It's uh, a shocker that the movie didn't.
1: So Kai was ignored by Master Shen, though he did
0: pay child support, to his credit. That makes him better than Cool Christmas. And, Although and that baby ain't mine.
1: At some point, her mother was killed by some marauder or something. Um, I think, actually, she's killed by... Her her family's killed by General Flying Fox, I think is is what's mentioned. Right. Um, they then arrive... I'll admit,
0: as well, hmm? a lot of this plot I missed. Um, I mean, even though I know sort of the bare basics. I mean, I played it fucking years and years ago. But some of this I missed, and it's not because because sometimes i'll miss bits of these films because i'm you know multitasking and i'm trying to do a thousand things at once i missed a lot of this because i was too busy telling everyone on twitter how bad it was (laughs) and taking screenshots to show people on twitter and facebook but it also just
1: sort of breezes
0: through it 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 just states facts
1: you know one after another and
0: yeah it gets the the plot out the way because that's less time spent animating faces, because let's face it, faces are hard to do. Oh, we forgot so... to talk about
1: the lizard, too. I mean, I guess we did talk about the lizard. The lizard was in the the scene at the campfire.
0: Yeah, there's a campfire, and there's this really shitty-looking gecko thing. Um, well, it, it strolls the...
1: up, and and uh, Kai, like, picks it up by its tail, and they dangle it oh, for yeah. a while.
0: Yeah, I was really upset I didn't have my phone handy, because I was, I was filming off-screen some stuff to, to post on Facebook. That I wanted because her holding that lizard up and the, the lizard's tail like like loosening and dropping as lizards do, it's I mean <laughs> if it was done on purpose that would have been art
1: mm. Mm. So they arrive at the fishing village where their, bl- their brother is supposed to be but they've arrived too late and Bohan's soldiers are already just killing lots of people Assholes. Uh Some fighting happens. Uh, now, the fighting. I think we've we didn't really go into it too much early on because the opening sequence. I mean, this is like the f- yeah. This is the second real fight, I guess you would count, because there's the one at the mm. uh, temple,
0: sort the of fortress. fortress, right? Yeah.
1: But this this, I, I I think this is like the first time she actually uses the sword. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how the sword works. Can you explain to me how the heavenly sword works? Because it seems to me that it's just Kratos' blades of chaos. But sometimes it's one like solid piece and other times it's a two-hander. What the fuck is the heavenly sword? How uh, does this function?
0: I'm trying to remember if there was a gameplay element to this. I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, God, what does the Heavenly Sword do? I, we both just watched the film. Um, right, and we don't if, understand the features yeah. of
1: this weapon on which the film is titled. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, it, now she seems to be... It, it, it. The tip of the blade flings out on a okay. chain.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. I had to reread the Wikipedia to remind myself of how the game worked. Um oh Rihanna Pratchett worked on the game. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's fantastic. It's no wonder the, the game's writing's actually good. Um yeah, it was uh Tamim and Tony Ardis, whose name I can never pronounce correctly, who people hate him because uh of thing because he was the prominent face of Ninja Theory when DMC happened. Mm. Um Louis just struck me as a pleasant enough chap. I think I've met him once. Uh, Andrew S. Walsh as well co-wrote it. it, was directed by Ben Hibben, Nina Christensen Tamim again, again and Andy Circus actually took a directorial role in the game which again, I think just speaks as to how much better the like, just when you look at all this you look at the film and but besides the fact that it came out seven years too late you think, what what was the point you didn't have the same talent. You didn't have the same pedigree. You didn't have anything. No. Normally, when a movie version of a film comes out, they bring with themselves a budget, celebrities, uh, like hopefully a named director. I've I've very rarely seen outside of you know very deliberate cheap Uber Bowl style cash cash ins. Like like something that brings so much less. And and, and and to me it yeah. it, it i mean what is this I, have? I would have thought Sony molina, was better than this. which
1: i love alfred molina but he's not a draw
0: no no he's not a major draw he's a great actor but he he's a supporting actor he's you know he was great as doctor octopus oh yeah but but outside of doctor octopus i mean certainly for the the audience this stuff's being aimed at like that's what you got you got doctor octopus yep. and the villain from the, the Nicolas Cage Fantasia <laughs> He was in that um, I don't want to discredit Molina's career, he's done a lot of fantastic stuff sure. But But you're right, he's not a draw For this kind of thing um, and, and well I think that's borne out by the fact That when I was talking about this on Twitter There was a lot of people saying It got a movie? What? <laughs> um, but To go back to what the Heavenly Sword is Okay. Um, there's a stance system in the game And Whichever stance you use Changes the form of the heavenly sword So it's a transforming sword Okay um, I'll uh, I'll just quickly read the, the Gameplay Speed stance provides an even balance between damage and speed Where the sword takes the form of two Separate blades Aha. Range stance allows for fast A long range but weak attacks That's two blades chained together power stance is obviously big but slow and that's one big two-handed sword
1: none of that is in any way explained by the film it she just uses it in these ways
0: yep Um, i just wanted to make that clear for the audience
1: that like there's i had no idea there's no way you would necessarily get that impression from the footage on screen
0: Yeah, and if this was made for people who played Heavenly Sword and thought, oh, you know, I recognise that from the game, remember again, this came out seven years after. So I, as someone who played the game and now remembers the stances, had to just go on Wikipedia to look up how the Heavenly Sword thing works because I played this in 2008 and I've completely forgotten it.
1: So back at the village, Kai shoots lots of people with crossbow, uh, all the bad people in the immediate vicinity get killed, and so they, uh, you know, the the villagers that they've helped uh, save the life of give them directions to the blacksmith's place. Uh, it's, it's unoccupied when they arrive, but Kai finds a trap door to a cellar where a couple of people are hiding, uh, a couple of old people, a, a man and a woman, um, he is the blacksmith i guess and he, as he says and the woman is the mother of loki uh who tells them that loki left a year earlier to go seek his fortune and followed by some cajoling loki's mom reveals that uh he went to work with a uh, 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 work for a foreign king uh, but General Whiptail overheard the conversation with her group of heavily armored yet somehow entirely silent soldiers. Who-
0: you know what? I was about to just lament and go, oh, fuck, we're only at Whiptail. But then I remembered just how little happens beyond this point. Yeah,
1: it, it moves real real quick.
0: Yeah, things are going to start snapping. <laughs> yep. Uh, but if, how the hell did all of these soldiers
1: wind up in this blacksmith's shop and no one noticed? <laughs>
0: I mean, there's easily a dozen guys in here, and they're all wearing like, um, plate armor. My guess is the people who made the film forgot to add sound effects for footsteps <laughs> so the characters couldn't hear them. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, they, they get into some fighting
1: again. Soldiers are killed, and Noriko and Kai both chase after Whiptail to prevent her from revealing Loki's location to Bohan.
0: His location. <laughs> uh, That's the best I've got. That that oh. So there's some. That wasn't good.
1: F- some river
0: raft fighting that happens,
1: and Nariko is tossed off, uh, overboard into the water. Uh, Kai tries to crossbow this shit, but gets disarmed by Whip Tail's whip. Not the tail, just the whip. And then when things start to look bad for Kai, Nariko emerges by riding a nearby water wheel and tosses the heavenly sword at her to impale her in the chest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then Whiptail dies. Uh, but as she's doing so, she reveals that Nariko is too late because she uh, told all the villagers that Bohan would reward information leading to Loki. So now they're under the wire uh to to get to loki before one of these villagers can tell him you know where he went afterwards kai starts to reevaluate her opinion of the sword seeing how you know it, it kind of came in handy in killing this uh
0: creature and and Basically, merman from *He-Man: Masters of the Universe*. Yeah, a- yeah, girl.
1: I guess uh, *Whiptail* is. It should be noted *Whiptail* does have a tail, hence the name *Whiptail*. But she also has a whip, hence the name *Whiptail*.
0: Yeah, yeah, she doesn't have a whip tail. She has a whip, and her her, her name should be Whip and Tail.
1: Right. But but <laughs> she doesn't whip with her tail. Her tail's kind of like I mean, it exists, but it's kind of stubby in a strange way. She's a really yeah. interesting character design. But not. Uh, but you don't get any like. There's no. Introduction. Well, again, all the
0: character designs are interesting, but that was done seven years before this film came out. And there's no and introduction to the, film made so the them character. Look worse. She's
1: mentioned by name offhand by someone in a, like a just earlier scene, like moments ago, and then she's there.
0: Yeah, I mean that speaks volumes about how this film's been been produced and written. Because again, the game introduces characters with cutscenes, establishes them before we see them. This movie, as it just tries to hit only the important beats, well, I say important, um, the big beats, because, of course, they left a lot of important exposition on the floor. In order to just... Take that scene with the villains from the game. You trim it down to, like, two minutes...
1: To just to just be him pontificating briefly and then ordering these guys to go hunt for the sword, you do it early on.
0: Yeah, but the problem is, it was a whole bunch of different voice actors, and he had uh, Bohan had Andy Circus's face. It would have taken work to have <laughs> redubbed and reanimated that scene. So let's not fucking bother. It's tragic. Uh so it's the one uh, word for it. <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, so Kai's reevaluated her opinion of the sword,, uh, but Nariko notes that uh, she could feel the weapon's power tearing her soul apart, and she's convinced that it will eventually uh, kill its bearer. Um, they travel to the the home of the king that Loki's working for. It's a, another massive fortress. and they observe Bohan arriving at roughly the same time but deduce that he must not know where Loki is yet, or he would be moving with much greater urgency. So they decide to move quickly to locate uh, this, this guy, as it'll be impossible once Bohan begins assaulting the fortress. And they slide down these ropes that are connecting guard towers to canyon walls, because this fortress, it should be noted, is seemingly built in the center of a volcano,
0: or like, like That's a good place to put it. Uh, that is my favorite place to put a fortress, mate. It's like a lake Don't of molten
1: that. lava in a crater.
0: It's the only thing I could <sighs> think of.
1: And uh, okay, whatever. Uh, they kill a bunch of guards on the way down these ropes, um, and and once they they get to this sort of first tower, that is the first step on infiltrating. Uh, Noriko has a has a hot flash. Um, but they expect they at least have the evening to find Loki before Bohan attacks and/or the sword kills Nariko, so they got time. They sneak into the fortress on the underside of a kind of cable car trolley thing, and Kai is stealthily killing guards with her crossbow along the way to sort of you know clear their their route in so they can get in unobserved, and uh, and as they go further into the fortress, Kai seems to realize, hey, wait a minute, Bohan isn't traveling to the fortress, but returning to it, because it's his, and Loki's working for him. Whoops! Ah! They then observe that their father is being dragged somewhere, Shen, uh, so he's still alive. And they come to the conclusion that there's got to be some kind of prison operating here. And sure enough, Prophet Takashi's working on the chain gang. Uh, Nariko and, and Kai kill the guard at the chain gang, set Takashi free, and then he takes them to where Shen is being held. Uh, a couple dead guards later, and they're cutting him loose. And he shows his gratitude by chastising Nariko for bringing the sword there. Which, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I see that. I can see being a little ungrateful about having your life saved under those circumstances because, you know, it's like end-of-the-world type shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? Um,
1: But she turns that frown upside down with the information that, hey, you've got a son somewhere around here, so, you know, there's someone you can love.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry about daddy's little millstone anymore.
1: Uh, after Noriko does give him a, a, a ton of shit for being the worst father ever, he apologizes to them, and then they all hug. Uh, oh. And it's, it's, it's nice to see the characterization of Kai again actually having some, because she slaps Shen in response to all of this apology before hugging him because she didn't think it was right that the hug would come first. I like her. Yeah. They spent yeah. some time, all they had to do was spend a little time on this character, and I like her. Anybody
0: else would have been good to do that with, too. Uh. And the current, and again, like, we need to point out, again, it's not like they had to work. No, to it's all there. The yeah the, these characters are written they were written years before they just had to do it but again a lot of that probably would have involved revoicing stuff that had already been done and uh effort why don't we just make it so that when someone bends their elbow, it looks like a really bad crease like a PS2 game? Why don't we do that? That sounds like a much better idea. Much better than doing a coherent story or telling people how the Heavenly Sword works. Isn't this film called Heavenly Sword? Yeah, it's called Heavenly Sword. Do you think we should talk more about the Heavenly Sword in the film Heavenly Sword? Nah. No. Nah. Nah. So then... uh then Shen's What's dying. What's the point of this film?
1: <laughs> Shen's dying, so Noriko channels the power of the sword to revive it, which then causes her to have a hallucination of like falling through some misty stuff, and her father gives her some shit again. So great, he's like the most ungrateful <laughs> motherfucker ever.
0: Complete asshead.
1: Um, Noriko decides to free all the imprisoned members of her clan, dropping them off at the trolley that she used to get inside. And as everyone's getting on board, Nariko asks Shen, "Hey, whatever happened to that asshole? It was my rival, like an hour ago." And he explains that Keo attacked Bohan's army directly in an effort to buy time for the rest of the clan uh, to escape, and so he's certainly dead by this point. Uh, Kai and Nariko then find their way into the forge and sneak inside only to see Loki being placed in a pillory, meaning that Bohan's men have already been alerted to his identity. In fact, uh, a pair of villagers who ratted him out are here to collect their reward, and they happen to be the very same people that uh, Kai and Nariko rescued from uh, Whiptail's men earlier. So no good deed goes unpunished, apparently. Uh, but they're there to collect their reward, which they do, but not before Bohan's son, Roach, and the creepy asshole who's paying them. It was Now, is is this Flying Fox? I can't remember if this is the first, like, real involvement of Flying Fox or if this is just some other guy.
0: Um, okay, because I thought it was Flying Fox at first because it had that sort of voice, but I, th- I know that the voice actor for Flying Fox is credited as voicing two different characters. And this dude, I think, is just this, just just dude. Just dude. Because Flying Fox specifically has the wings out, and right. Shirtless and everything. Yeah, that's what I thought. I
1: I think this is a different guy.
0: This is a different guy. What? Um, but the Flying Fox actor voiced two different people. Well, but he, and he didn't the, seem to differentiate them very much. Well,
1: no, they differentiate them a lot because the two characters that uh, the guy Flying Fox guy plays, he also
0: plays Takashi, the narrator. Oh, okay. So maybe I got it wrong then, because I think he only does two. So yeah, I I have no
1: idea who this guy is, but I don't I okay. don't think it's Flying Fox. I don't get but that. But
0: he he, I recall him having a flying foxish voice. Yeah, almost like he's got this guy. Kind of yeah. and uh, so he uh
1: he then says he has to let Bohan know what what what's up with you know them having the, the guy that they need. So he grabs a raven and breaks its neck because that's how you send a message in this world?
0: I mean, it certainly sends a message to any ravens not to fuck with that, dude. <laughs> I,
1: like, I am so confused by this. It's, and Can we talk for a second about the cruelty to animals in this film?
0: Uh, we could take a moment to do that if you want, uh, Something does tell me that Peter will not be fond of this film. Well,
1: okay, so I know, mean that
0: would imply anyone would be fond of this film.
1: Like the first, the first real instance of animal cruelty that you see, and it's hard to call it that because it's that lizard thing where the lizard comes out and she picks it up and sort of dangles it, and the lizard's kind of ah, uh, and then it goes and it's fine, right? But yeah. but then it takes it up a notch here because now we've got this raven that they're just like callously snapping the neck of. And that's kind of cruel and weird and torturous. Yeah, but but befitting of the villain, right?
0: Mhm.
1: We're going to come to a point here uh in a little bit when the the film is about to sort of wrap itself around and, and get into the final confrontation stuff where uh it's worth Observing how much fucking cavalry Bohan has. He has a lot of cavalry. A lot of his men ride horses. That is true. And... Nariko makes a really, really, like, strong effort to cripple as many horses as she can.
0: <laughs> like, as they're I mean, all... that's always... That's always given me pause because, you know, I'm one of those entertainment hypocrites who will shoot as many people in the head as needs to in Grand Theft Auto. But, oh, no, don't hurt a dog. Um, So whenever I watch, like, like, old, like, period war stuff, I am always thinking, poor horses. She has no such conflict. No, none. Uh, she hates the horses more than Bohun. She, well, yeah, because, like, she always targets
1: the horse rather than the rider.
0: <laughs> Which, I mean, from a war perspective, there's a tactical reason for that. Sure. Films don't tend to show heroes doing it. Right. Because it involves a lot of killing horses.
1: And, well, yeah, horses are supposed to be noble beasts, partners of man.
0: Certainly not... Um, the ones waging war, they're not the ones with a stake in this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just cruel.
0: It's just cruel.
1: So Bohan's son, Roach, gets ready to execute Loki, but Kai shoots a bunch of uh, bolts into his body to pick a a fight. And fighting does indeed happen, with uh, uh, Bohan's son doing this uh, this sort of armadillo thing, rolling around and, and whatnot um yeah that's probably right out of the game i'm assuming um
0: yeah i think again like i'm only having a draw from the last time i played Well, it's been nearly a decade nearly a decade um but i do because flying fox is the 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 fight i remember and i mean let's be honest we've seen this a
1: million times
0: yeah yeah literally a million
1: times in video games um
0: so, I assume so it's in this as, one as far well. as I remember, the boss fights are, are fairly faithful to the to the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would they be inventive?
1: I can't imagine a reason. Uh, so he rolls around for a while until some of his arbor gets damaged, and then he rolls off the edge of the tower to his apparent death. Now, uh, Nariko explains to Loki who they are, what the relationships are, who their father is, etc., before just sort of handing over the sword to him. And as Loki holds the sword in a glorious pose of glory, you know, uh, he's, uh, ruthlessly killed by a guy with sword wigs who just appears behind him. <laughs> it is pretty anticlimactic. And, uh, this is, uh, of course, as we mentioned, General Flying Fox making his grand entrance. Um... And he pontificates for a while about how Roach probably isn't dead because it would take more than a drop like that to kill him. And uh, then he plays with the sword for a moment, reflecting on how he could be the boss with this
0: thing instead of Bohan. For... Which, again, like it hints at the the mercenary nature of him. It hints, but... it
1: hints at the idea that this was a real character at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it mostly just reminds you that that there was a character there. <laughs> so, uh,
1: Noriko takes the sword back, and then they do some fighting. Uh, Flying Fox is pretty impressed with Nariko's fighting ability, so he switches up his tactics, um, grabbing Kai. And then after reflecting on how nobody has considered the possibility that, hey, wait a minute, couldn't Kai have been the chosen one all this time? Uh, he shoves a sword in her belly. Yeah, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. I like. I, I do. Why not? I appreciate that the villains are ruthless. Yeah, like yeah. they don't stand on a lot of ceremony, and particularly this guy, he he's there to get a job done. I
0: don't know he was uh, again very effective as a character uh, in the game. Like, I keep bringing it back to that because one needs to be constantly reminded because I don't want this film getting credit for shit. It's not sure. done, and it's not done much. Their their original character is Loki, who is now dead,
1: or well, no who no he's not dead, dead yet dead. he's not dead yet sorry or whatever he's gonna well, be or wait no no well, yeah no he's
0: just died he's just died he's useless done either way it doesn't matter pointless character but but that's what but that's what blockade brought to the table well
1: and and it was really important that we got the Punisher, Thomas Jane. To play him, to play Loki. yeah.
0: Oh please, yes.
1: Well, wow. our big name cast here are Anna Torv, star of the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, surreal occult drama, uh, pseudoscience drama uh, Fringe, which I
0: did enjoy. I did enjoy um, Fringe. First, I, I I watched the first season of it. Watched a bit of the second season, then just kind of dropped off it. Um, I should I should pick it yeah, up. Yeah, you again, should. It but... gets pretty
1: kind of out there and weird by its final season
0: uh, oh, no doubt.
1: but but generally speaking i think it's a pretty good show uh, i really quite enjoyed it and and once you get through the first season and it's it's uh larger lore starts to really fill it and develop it yeah it gets it gets quite interesting i really did like fringe quite a bit uh but yeah so you've got her you've got alfred molina and you've got thomas jane this is your all-star cast Wanted to point that out again. Nobody cared. Uh, so then there's lots of crazy fighting happening. Uh, in, in no small part due to Flying Fox making like a bajillion copies of himself. I guess that's a thing he does. And at, yeah. after feel- what feels like a really, really long time, uh, the wounded Kai figures out which of them is the real Flying Fox and shoots him causing all of the duplicates to collapse also. Um, sadly, Kai's wounds are too great, and she is going to die. But she stops Nariko from using the sword's power to save her, asking her to take her home instead. So Bohan finds the body of General Flying Fox, and he's pretty upset by this turn of events, and orders all of his men to assemble at the forge, That's where he runs into Noriko and tries one last time to end all this bloodshed through some, you know, negotiation. And when that fails, he just sends a bunch of dudes to slide down the ropes after Noriko, which uh, she then dispatches by cutting the rope she rode down once she reaches the far side, which is exactly what they tried to do to her on the way in. I guess the Heavenly Sword just cuts through faster. Never mind that there are, like, two guys trying madly with axes. I... Whatever, it's a powerful sword. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Uh, Bohan orders his entire army to pursue Nariko. Uh, which they do. Shen and Taka, uh, Takashi are, are hanging out at some, some fortress. I don't think it's the same fortress we started at. I think it's a different fortress. Wasn't the first fortress, like, really fucking wrecked? This place doesn't seem <sighs> nearly totally. as wrecked. Where are they? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like home. Uh, Shen demands to know where his son is, once again failing to be a good father to his daughters, one of which, remind you, is on the verge of death. Nariko warns them that Bohan is coming and that they should hide while going to confront the army all by herself. Once there, Bohan directs a hooded figure to face Nariko she does and reveals himself to be Keo the in, in case you've forgotten Keo who was important for the first two minutes of this movie <laughs> then disappeared but was asked about 10 15 minutes ago just to make sure you remembered he was a character uh he he's still alive by the way good it's that guy he's still good. alive it, it's it's it turns out he's a traitor who revealed the location of the sword to Bohan in the first place, justifying oh, this. No. Yeah, I know. Oof. And he justifies this action as an effort to save the whole clan because Bohan was inevitably going to find it and they had no chosen one with which to defend themselves. I mean, with that attitude. Yeah, right? Now, Noriko refuses to give up the sword. And. <laughs>
0: Give
1: up! And and Kyo's... Kyo's an idiot. (laughs) Kyo's really a dumbass, because, like... (laughs) He communicates this information to Bohan from a distance?
0: Yeah. Wouldn't you march back? I mean... And again, um, I'm only going by things I've seen and read and know. But... Typically, if you ride out to parlay and parlay fails, you want to get back to your side of the battlefield. Right, because shit's about to go down. Because the it's alternatives are parlay ahead,
1: or conflict.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, with parlay off the table, conflict is inevitably stage two. Don't stand there.
1: Especially if you're working for the guy that you know... To be ruthless and willing to do whatever it takes to achieve his goals.
0: Yeah, maybe he just thought. Maybe he was just like thought he was in the wrong film, like the wrong genre. Like he he thought, well, no, you know, noble parlay terms, hadn't seen you know the extended cut of Return of the King. Otherwise, he'd know what happens to the Malthusauron. So.
1: It's 2014, people. Lord of the Rings has been out for Come a on. long time. Current year argument. Current year. Uh, so when Nariko refuses to give up the sword, Bohan has his archers fire arrows at her with
0: Keo still standing there like an idiot. Uh, I mean, yeah. And you're working for fucking fucking long shanks, mate. And and she defends herself.
1: With a magical barrier created by the sword. Now she does not save Keo this time. She just lets lets him die.
0: I mean, I mean, yeah, you you would. What? Well, but this? Yes. Like this, again, that's... unless he's like wrong genre savvy, thinking, well, you know, parlay will break down. the The evil, ruthless fuck behind me will probably fire arrows. But she's a hero. she she'll sort me out. And this is one of those grabbing the villain off the cliff edge. Oh shit! I'm full of arrows. Well, I think it, I think
1: that this is it's important to note that this is basically um, Nariko's dynamic character arc coming to fruition. Uh, because, as you recall, at the beginning of the of the film, she maintained the mindset that regardless of anything else, you know, family comes first. You know the clan comes first, and here's this member of her clan that while a traitor, you know, still a member of the clan, mm-hmm. but here she is apparently drawn a line in the sand and said, "You know what that thing that I believed before, that the clan always has to come first, no. Not in this instance. This clan member God. who's a, a traitor he he needs to die. So
0: so you see I thought that this film was as shallow as a very flat thing that had no depth to it whatsoever. But it turns out <laughs> there was a little crook in that flat flat surface. Just a tiny one. Like like a little thimble full of water sort of got it i mean most of the thimble full of water still splashed on the outside but a little bit got in just a little <laughs> bit enough enough to help a thirsty ant
1: and it's it's not even a particularly useful or functional change in the character
0: no so no she she just said fuck you to a dick basically yes uh keo's
1: killed and the infantry is set in to get their asses kicked one at a time by nariko um, yeah,
0: with some really stodgily animated fighting.
1: And a whole lot of crippling of horses.
0: Yeah. Like, normally, I, when, when we do these films, especially if I'm multitasking, we're doing, like, a Tuesday recording like we are now when I'm under the cosh, um, you know, I'll tab out and do other things, and sometimes I'll do it, like, during the exposition moments because I'm like, you know, I can hear that and quickly post something. Here, I would stop everything to watch the fighting... Um, oh, I wait, mean, no, no, I get that the other way around. Normally, I skip the fighting, um, just because it's fighting, unless it's, it's noise. yeah, unless it's like unless really it's
1: significantly good or really significantly bad. Uh, there's not and, a yeah, lot, yeah, unless it.
0: it's a movie that's a cut above with its action. Um, if it's Assassin's Creed or something, I'm like, okay, I know what this action's gonna be punching, cutting, chasing, I'll quickly tab out, do something here, though. I was tabbing in on the fight scenes because I knew that they would look like Dynasty Warriors card scenes. And I'd get at least some kick out of that. And I was never wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just... It's just not fun.
0: It's horse piss.
1: Yeah. Um, so, th- I mean, this, this really takes us back to the opening moment of the film with Nariko surrounded by enemies and using the power of the sword to create a shockwave...
0: And as she. God, I remember when they did that at E3 2005. Looked like a good game.
1: <laughs> and, and so as she does this, her consciousness is drawn into the sword, and she has an argument with it.
0: <laughs> she does.
1: Uh, not wanting to be killed by the sword until she's accomplished her, her quest to kill Bohan. Uh, she reasons that the sword will likely be destroyed as well, as uh, Bohan wouldn't want the one thing on the planet capable of defeating him to continue to exist. Okay, so I would just like to point out, though, at least Bohan's not a fucking idiot. Or Nariko at least, is enough a forethought to think of what a not-idiot villain would do. If he got yeah. a hold of the one thing he could use to destroy him, and that's more than yeah, you can I mean, say for Alexander might... the Great in Tomb Raider: the Cradle of Life. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> he was just gonna bung it in an edge. <laughs> uh, so the,
1: uh, the 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 sword seems to follow this logic, uh, releases Nariko and grants its power. Sword to logic. Her. What was that? I was just making a reference. Hey, carry on. Okay. So, so Bohan offers his soul to the Raven Lord. Okay. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. You mean to tell me he's been wandering around with some manifestation of the Raven Lord this entire time? Is that is that why it was
0: so important
1: that the Raven Lord be mentioned in that first expositional animatic?
0: That That's why Bohan's got that black bird with a gold helmet on. It sure
1: would have been useful <laughs> if at any time in the preceding, you know, 60 minutes that that was brought up again.
0: Yeah, well, the thing about this film, <laughs> it's it's a bold narrative choice, is to very quickly tell you everything at the beginning and then an hour later... Mention it quickly again before it reappears. So the, the freaky
1: raven that's been following Bo on around this entire fucking movie turns to smoke. And moves into his body through his facial orifices.
0: Yeah. Now, when I had a PSP, PlayStation Portable, um, I put a, a background effect on it once it was like a smoky background effect it wasn't you know super impressive but it looked nice on a on a little psp screen those are the wings that bohan has he's got smoky desktop slash mobile phone wallpaper that's his superpower. At the end, Voldemort turns into big black billowy clouds and shit. Yeah, looks super cool, like animated, like animated smoke, as 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 like a, a comet whizzing about. He has got two long flat bits of cloudy s- screensaver hanging off his back. Yeah, that's to show that his power. Oh, and his face is a bit grey now. Yeah, he he
1: winds up looking all like, uh, uh, you know, like like some under underworld figure, like uh no, some someone who lived in the underdark. You know, pale yeah. and and you know a little bit of like uh, discoloration, yellowing of his skin. Some
0: Beast Wars was a way better show than this film. So the uh,
1: now armed with great power, Bohan confronts Noriko, and we get still more fighting. He tries to envelop her in ravens at one point, and then they do some flopping around in the air, and and eventually they fall to the ground. Where the raven lord decides that hey, you know what? Maybe this host isn't working out, and just like emerges from his body and pecks out his eyes. Yeah, that bit was fun. That was fun. Well, and then and then Roach, Bohan's son, runs to him crying, and demands that uh, Nariko leave his dad alone. And again here. Now, we have another example of a very simplistic, you know, commonly seen character, but given just enough, just enough character development to make me say, look, why didn't you spend a little bit of time on these characters in this film? Well, uh,
0: again, they didn't have to spend the time. The time had been spent seven years prior. All they'd have had to have done was lift it and put it in because in uh, in, in the game... Uh, the relationship with Roach and Bohan is very uh I mean it's in that scene, it's in that villain scene. Um he Roach loves his dad and doesn't quite understand the fact that that Bohan is basically you know, he views him the way Tywin Lannister views Tyrion, like like he is this, you know, freakish son that he's ashamed of mm-hmm. and and yet the son is doggedly loyal to him. None of that's in the film. Oh,
1: and it, and it's it, it. There's so much opportunity there too, because here we have two great examples of fathers not appreciating the child that they have.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, y- y- the closest that Bohan's relationship uh, is is brought into the film is uh, I think Flying Fox makes a, an offhand reference about how um, Bohan won't be furious that that Roach got hurt or killed. He'll be angry like that. Like he was just trying to downplay how angering it would be. But that's the best they could come up with.
1: Yeah. It's so like you have this fantastic opportunity to draw parallels between your great villain and the father of the hero.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it's completely lost. It's it's. It, it, ah.
0: Yeah. And and again, and I'm sorry if I'm sounding to the audience like a broken record. But it was done. But it, but it was done. Yeah. Like, it just can't be emphasised enough. Everything's... Th- th- <laughs> blockade Entertainment's work was done for them. And they didn't do it. And they still didn't work. How do you have the work done... And still not what? How do you do anti work? Like it
1: feels like just a failure of selecting which parts of the story were important or interesting enough for inclusion in the trimmed down film version.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that might be it. It's like you know, the adaptation obviously has to cut something, and they decide to they decided to just keep the boss fights. <laughs> 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 they just kept the boss fights. Like, maybe if you're doing, like, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, yeah, you want to keep the boss fights, but Jesus Christ. A seven-year-old... Uh, uh. <laughs> so Noriko leaves
1: Bohan and Roach, uh, returning to Kai and using the sword to save her life. But, of course, that comes at the cost of, of Noriko's life, uh, who is then using her dying words to tell Kai to protect the sword and to guilt Shen into, hey, you know, maybe showing some affection towards his only remaining child. Of course, there's mm-hmm. probably, like, two or three others out there that they didn't know about, too. You know, he's a busy guy for that month. Uh, Noriko is put on a funeral boat and shoved downstream while voiceover from her reminds us again that, oh, by the way, this sword's supposed to be protected. I don't know if, uh, if we got that, but it, it, you know, we should spend another 30 seconds reiterating the importance of that instead of doing any sort of other character development earlier in the film.
0: There's a lot you could do in 30 seconds, yep. but it is easier to just retread old ground because, I mean, then that's even less to do. Well, and
1: the more voiceover that they can cram in that doesn't have to be oh, synced yeah. up to any kind of uh, dialogue uh, animation for the mouths, whew.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like how, um, you know, the last movie we looked at, it's like how uh, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, uh, would shoot um, very rarely images of... Um, Lara Croft, Angelina Jolie with, Without sleeves mm-hmm. uh, Because they, they would have had to have gone To that effort to put makeup to hide the tattoo And that got criticism in the first film Because the makeup wasn't very good So where she was sleeveless They often filmed her from one side um, This entire movie Is based off of that Except it's not just some little detail It's like the most important part Of the film that they decided to skimp on Because they couldn't do it like we can't do lip syncing um i mean i would say like syncing up lips this is a conversation between uh, people making the film um so, excuse me sir uh, i would i would think that the lip syncing and having characters with with facial expressions that match what they're saying would be important in an animated film um no 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 i am the director or whoever it is equally as important as Angelina Jolie's tattoo. Treat it that way. <laughs> Are you sure that doesn't make you an asshole? Yes.
1: And that man was wrong. <laughs> that man was wrong. He is an asshole. <clears throat> Um, I mean, that's the end of the movie. We get credits. Uh, there's a, yeah. uh, a mid-credit sequence where we see Kai retrieving the sword from its hiding spot with a mischievous grin on her face. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, um, the Amazon X Ray called those crazy credits. <laughs> Apparently, that's the subtitle for things that happen in credits. I see. Apparently, the credits starting and then you're getting just a scene that, that doesn't matter is c- 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 crazy credits. Uh. These credits are. Blah, 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 manic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So Conrad, did you like Heavenly Swords twenty fourteen or not? It
1: it's really painful, like it's a yeah, genuinely I think this was painful movie.
0: That there are a few podcasts where I've asked that question of you know, that that I felt have been less necessary. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's, it's, it's so not...
1: clear that there was something here that maybe wasn't great. But there was something to it. There, there were elements that would work mm-hmm. and translate well. And it's as if they just and it's
0: called Heavenly Sword two thousand seven. Yeah,
1: it, but it's like they just completely ignored everything, every opportunity that Heavenly Sword two thousand seven provided them from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Apart from, yeah. these are the, these are the plot steps. This is the order in which we are going to kill these characters.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the thing about Heavenly Sword 2014 is it's uniquely bad. It's not... I mean, if you show it to someone who's never heard of the game, never seen anything of the original game, I think their read on it would be, well, that was a dull film. That, that, and that was, and that was my read on fantasy. it until
1: we had this conversation,
0: right? Yeah, then I, I started showing you what the game was. And that transforms it. it. It sort of becomes transcendently bad. Uh, it's it's terrible through sheer dint of the fact that it already exists better. And, and you know, you can say that of a lot of, of video games that became movies. We're saying, well, this is an unnecessary movie. This has brought nothing new to the table. But this is a unique case of it being fully CGI, so... It automatically looks like it's tied more deeply to the game, but it is so estranged from the game because they took all of the soul out of it, all of the important bits out of it, and and unlike movie adaptations where often even shitty ones, I mean, even Double Dragon, like the writers put in the effort to try and reconcile the weirdness of the video game with what they wanted for a live-action film. Um, even bad video game and comic book movies have to work to reconcile that, to make the story make sense, to try and make it uh, original or in in some way draw the crowd in. This, I do not know what the point... Like, I actually don't know what the point of it was uh, outside of the Wikipedia page calling it experimental. Like, it was cheap... And it was possibly a way for Sony to see if they could get away with doing more of this. I mean, uh, and, and, uh, we and, had Ratchet and, and Clank, and, and, and
1: you should point out a way of doing more of this means possibly more Heavenly Sword, possibly more shitty CGI movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, we just don't know. Um, like I say, I mean, Ratchet and Clank came out, and and I think that was Sony was fairly involved with that one. Yep. Um, and I think
1: that was like that was okay for what it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not great. Yeah. Uh, and again, the the game was better, but but the game in that case was tied into the film, whereas this was just let's take a, a seven year old game, and take the assets from the game, and try and make a film out of it, like 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 it is a fucking source filmmaker project or something, mm-hmm. and and it looks bad by like I say it's not food fight bad, but in terms of CGI, not even for the time CGI from a decade ago. In terms of pure CGI films, yeah, it it looks dated and bad. You
1: know, as I as I often comment, my my standard for bad CGI is uh, the Spawn test. How does it hold up to Hell in Spawn? <laughs> uh, yeah. it looks it looks significantly better than Hell in Spawn, but that that does not make it good. It's no. um.
0: I mean, the thing about Hell in Spawn is um, the other difference maker is when it's CG in a live action film. Um, Yeah. Typically, live action, when put next to CG, can make bad CGI look even worse. Uh, It can make, you know, relatively competent CGI look worse. I mean, you look at Attack of the Clones now parts of that are unwatchable Mm. because Lucas just couldn't bring himself to just put a man in a fucking suit. Just put a man in a fucking clone trooper uniform, you dickhead. Couldn't help himself. So we've got Natalie Portman stood next to cartoon characters. Um, We get some of that with uh, uh, Warcraft. Um, But when it's all CGI... Sometimes it doesn't even have to be better CGI than you get in a Hollywood film, because artistically it will be consistent, so it won't stand. Exactly, out. yeah. Uh, which is why you know, after all these years, Toy Story still holds up. I'm not just joking when I say Toy Story looks better. No, um, it holds up because it's it's consistently uh, artistically consistent, whereas this. Yeah, it's consistent, but it's just not good. It's not good CGI, and it's not even. It's not even mediocre CGI. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a question sub-part. of the, the
1: execution. Um, more than
0: it looks like a video game cutscene. Like, I I wasn't being hyperbolic when I first started watching, and and I genuinely wondered if they just did what people on YouTube do. Like they just thought, well, Heavenly Sword as a game wasn't great, but people love the cutscenes. Let's just Duct tape them all together, maybe you know, add in a few extra scenes to bridge the gaps, but they couldn't even do that much. No. Instead, they took the asset, like a, a source filmmaker project maker, um, I, except for the fact that I've seen not even just the not, not even just the porny ones. I've seen source filmmaker projects with more heart and, and effort and, and and better quality animation than this.
1: Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think that yeah this the film disappoints on effectively every level it can.
0: Yeah. It's it's a mediocre film on its own. In context, it is among the shittier ones we've looked at. I won't say the worst. No, it's certainly not it's the among, worst. It's th- among no. But within its specific context, it is uniquely shit. There's a, it, it is special shit.
1: So what are we doing next time, Jim?
0: Next time? Well, uh, I don't think we've had enough of women swinging their swords around. So we're going to do the live-action Ona Chandra film. Oh,
1: now I th- oh! This is, I think, our first foray into a fully Japanese production.
0: I think you might be right. Uh, yes, we are doing the 2000... 2000- now, this is a little bit because we had a bit of confusion at first. There are two Ona Chambra films. One of them has a subtitle, which is called... Vortex. What was it? Vortex. Um, Sometimes the first film has Vortex listed, I think. Also, sometimes it's called Ona Chambra Bikini Samurai Squad. That's what it was released as in the U.S. In the U.S. So that's what you're looking for. Uh, It might list it as 2007 or 2008, Um, But be
1: careful, because the follow-up film, Vortex, is listed as either 2008 or
0: 2009. Yeah, so it's a little bit confusing, but just make sure you get Bikini Samurai Squad. Don't touch anything with Vortex on it. Um, And some places will list it as own E Chambra with two Es. I don't know why, but... Just just look at a quick look on Wikipedia if you really want to make sure you get the right one, but it shouldn't be too hard to suss it out. But it's Onachambra, Bikini Samurai Squad, uh, officially 2008. And that's what we're doing next time. Uh, and, and that's it. That's it for another one. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. If you like more podcasts, uh, from, if you'd like more podcasts from us, uh, you're more than welcome to it. You can go to Fistshark.com. Fistshark Marketing is a podcast we do. Get it on i iTunes and your other podcast places. Improv comedy show set in a marketing department. Well, marketing company really. Let's not sell ourselves short. It's it's like a, uh, a
1: big shadowy com- conglomerate uh, of which yeah. we are a part.
0: A, a, a humble dedicated part, <laughs> And you can follow Conrad on Twitter At Conrad That's right uh, Thank you all so much for your continued support position, uh, Patreon, all that business Been doing really well lately uh, Some really excited stuff happening uh, Commentocracy of course launched And had a really nice first reaction And Actually that's what I'm shooting off to film more of After we do this, after I post this up So I'm going to shoot off Thank you all